Like a deer in the headlights or gum in your hair, what got you here will not get you there. Join us as business owners get unstuck in real time on the business building struggles we all share. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. And here's your host, Esty Rand. That's amazing. So, so what, is, what does an emergency plan look like? I think that would be so valuable for the listeners for you to break down. Okay. So the first thing is it's different for everybody. Um, you can't just use some other company's emergency plan. You have to modify it for your own needs. But in general, okay. there are different chunks of it. So one of the major questions is, will you have access to your physical premises or not? That is a huge mm -hmm. thing. So that's a right. big chunk. Second big chunk, will your systems, your computer systems, your IT, will that be functioning or not? Third chunk, will your people be safe, healthy, able to work, whether that's on your physical premises or not? Either any of these questions. Meaning you plan, what you're doing is creating a plan in case of any or all of these eventualities. It's like Correct. We're in business. We have services, products that we provide for the public. When an emergency occurs, should option A happen, how would we continue operating? Should That's option right. B happen? Should A and B happen? Should C happen? Should A and C? Should A, B and C? Should B and C? And exactly. it's like, it's just planning in advance when you're clear-headed, what will our option be? So also we lose our workforce, right? Something happens when our workforce isn't able to work. Great. How would we get temp workers? Would we outsource to another company, white label? Like, what would we do? That, that kind exactly. of thing? Yes. It's, I love oh, it. It's exactly. I love it. The planner in me is like yeah. glowing, tanning, <laughs> basking in the glow of this. <laughs> no, the Great. big question is, what will we do if? That's the big question. And mm -hmm. it helps to think about it in separate streams. And the exercise that I did with them, which anybody in your audience can do. Um, mm -hmm. You take a bunch of post-its and you start thinking through every single thing that might go wrong if this happens. So this particular client happened to be in California. So as we were doing this and, and we were talking about, I think it was already identified as the coronavirus at, at that point. We were talking about that. Mm -hmm. But we also looked at earthquake, mudslide, you know, what are the things that can happen? And awesome. you write up all these post-its and then you group them. I use different colors because for me, color helps me organize. I like to know which things I'm dealing with. So we had the blue group of things, which was all about... Um, I don't remember exactly, so I'm, I'm approximating, but it was all about what will we do about sales and customers? How will we reach our customers? That kind of stuff. Then the pink group was all about product. Will we be able to receive product? Will our suppliers be working? Will we be able to shift uh, ship product? Will, you know, all the product related what, stuff. What type of business was it that you were making this plan for? Like what industry or, or business type? Um, they sell specialized tools for use in various kinds of manufacturing facilities. 
Got it. And because they're certain types of manufacturing are so open and they need to be, Correct. this this business in this situation would keep operating. Yes. Although right now they are yeah. operating, only a couple of people are in the physical premises, mostly to receive and ship product. The majority of people, any of the sales reps, service people, they're all working from home. The fabulous thing about technology now, you know, you can talk to customers from anywhere and what a huge blessing that is. Um, Totally. So you grew... Do they implement like an entire remote system or like were they able to relocate their in-house telephone operating system? They go to like a VPN, not a VPN. um, I actually don't know the details of how they did it. Oh. I I just know that we laid out the plan for what they had to do and who had to speak to on the uh, type of phone network that it wants to say out loud. All right, I'll remember it. That's my <laughs> um, VoIP. That's why I said VPN. VoIP. VoIP oh, over yeah, IP yeah. as opposed That's to. That's right. Because many companies that have in-house um, teams and systems, they're using a local, like internally wired system, which is completely That's different right. and won't translate virtual. Right. Then, then you may need some kind of call forwarding and figure out yeah. what to do from there. Um, yeah. Or... It may be that during an emergency, just for example, and any of these things, again, they may work for some companies and not for others. It may be that for the time of the crisis, customers know they have to email or text their rep personally. And that may be the way you do it. And if that's what you have to do emergency that's what you do um if i may thinking through and putting those systems in place in advance yeah go ahead correct i want to go back to once we grouped all the functional areas then we looked at what are the most crucial things in each area because if you look at the whole Mm. wall of post-its you could really freak out because there's (laughs) so much right there's so much yeah, totally. You handled and you think, oh, we'll just die. We can never do this. But it's not true. <laughs> it can be done. Yeah. So, you, so you, you triage right there on the wall. Here are the mm-hmm. most important. And then you have to okay. look at a kind of time sequence. Because just knowing what the things are, if you don't create a timed plan or a critical path, a lot of stuff won't ever happen. So at the point that we created the plan, it was not clear that there would be shelter in place rules. We knew it was a possibility, but it still didn't seem very real at that point. So I I don't think anyone could have believed before this hit that the world could go on lockdown. Right. Like just the majority of the planet could right. be put into their houses and, and stay there. I don't think anyone could have believed that. It's the kind of thing that's so surreal that until you live it, you can't imagine that it could be. I bet there were scientists and historians who knew, but we, regular civilians, uh-uh. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I actually, I've seen some of those. So, like, I, um, I hang out with people that I think are cool who get all the things that keep getting deleted offline, that whoever the powers that be are don't want people to know. And there was a plan written up by this company from 2012. Like, should this occur, this is what it's likely to look like. And this is what it looks like. Like, it's pretty crazy. So it's definitely been thought through. It's been documented. Yeah, I'm not going to say who it 
buy because it doesn't yeah, yeah. matter. But it was it, a reputable source, like a, a big reputable source, um, and and verified. So no, it's there are people that that definitely plan for this. Just you know, us right? Think of all the preppers. Not aware. Right. Um, most of us are actually too optimistic to plan for something like this. We just wouldn't believe in something this bad. I hear that. Yeah. So like that, that can't actually happen. Right. How bad could That's it be? That's for Hollywood. We'll be careful. We'll be smart. How bad could it be? But in fact, there are yeah. things that we individually don't control. So yeah. having a plan you may have to change the plan. The plan may not work. You may have to adjust it on the fly. But if you have a plan, then what you're doing is tweaking it or editing it as opposed to thinking, what on earth are we going to do? So this exercise, um, my uh, primary client, who happens to be the CFO of this company, wrote to me you know, the week after I had been there about how grateful she was that we had done it because based on the rudiments of this, this was not a fully worked out plan, documented, all this kind of stuff. This was literally a bunch of post-its on her wall in sequence, right. in color, but they did the things and, and so they're functioning. So that was pretty thrilling. That's so that's an example of the general business kind of stuff as opposed to sort of the leadership work. I love that. No, that's, I, think, I think for Tuesday, it's just so valuable. I've been doing something with my people that um, we do it before. It's, it's funny because it, now that I'm hearing you talk about crisis planning, it relates, but we do it before any really important engagement, launch. If we sit down and we just kind of do three things, right? Outcomes. Right. What are, what is my goal here? What's my primary outcome? What do I want to have happen from this meeting, launch, endeavor, whatever it is? Um, key points are what are the key factors that need to be kept in mind, paid attention to, and then uh, like we say top three, but it always ends up being at least top five <laughs> worst possibilities. Yep. Um, and when you sit down and you prep like that before anything, and and I love this, and like I'm totally gonna use this this idea of yours as well. You you come in with a clarity and a groundedness as opposed to just you know complete static reactivity. Yes, yes. Um, we all from time to time need to fly by the seat of our pants, but yeah. you don't want those pants to get too worn out. It is really useful <laughs> to have some of these guidelines that let you at least focus in the right direction. If I may add one thing to your outcomes, key factors, yeah. and worst possibilities, mm -hmm. it's the who. Who will do which okay. thing? And one of the reasons oh, like that. that's particularly crucial in smaller organizations is that we rely on the same people to do a lot. For example, at another one of my clients, periodically we look at um, what's called succession planning. If something happens, mm -hmm. this is like the worst possibility testing. If something happens to yeah. a crucial player in the company, 
Who's the next in line? Who is close to being ready enough to step up? Who can we turn that over to? And one of the things that we found as we looked through the different functions is that sometimes they were relying on the same individual to be the, the ready-in-place person for multiple functions, which means that if right. two people are taken out, this one poor person who may be completely wonderful can't possibly step up simultaneously into two larger roles. So knowing yeah. who and then also looking at what's often called your bench strengths, who is sitting on the bench mm. ready to be sent into, into play? Yeah. And how are you training like and developing those people so that they could be ready? What experiences right. do you need to give them now so that when the day comes and you suddenly need them, you know, they're not in shock here in the headlights. They already know yeah. here are the first things I need to address. That's awesome. Yeah. I like how you break that down. So in my company, we always have, I, I need a duplicate for every role, right? And I also, um, so I'm a mom, I've got five kids and uh, I would say a majority of my team is a full majority, more than half, more than half of the team is moms. And so, you know, when someone has, you know, an emergency kid and part of why I started my business was so that I could do what I love and have time for my family. And part of the passion of our company is that everyone should be able to do what they love, earn buckets of money and have time for their life and family. And to me, that includes my staff, right? If I, if I was passionate about that for our clients and not my staff, I feel like a massive hypocrite. And so at any point, you know, I could have someone just going on maternity leave or, or just having to deal with a, a personal or a family crisis, which is just more common for moms. It's just how it works. Um, and so by us, I need that anything that has to be done, at least two people know how to do it. Preferably yep. three, but at least two. Yeah. So there's always a backup. Also, we're virtual and we're in five different time zones, right? So every once in a while, an emergency crops up and the main person who does it is sleeping. So I need backup. And That's I'm, I'm like third backup on everything. Like there's pretty much nothing I can't do that's done in the company. Yeah. I also can't do it all, which that wouldn't be helpful. Um, although in the early days, that is what I did. So I'm like the last backup. Like if there's ever an emergency, like I'll wake up at three in the morning. It doesn't matter. Like I'll get it done. But, but as a company, that, that would not be functional. Um, so, so, yeah, no, I like that. But as you grow, so I work mostly with micro businesses for the same reason that you work with owner-operated, right? You can actually get stuff done. The yes. few times that I've worked with employees, it was miserable and it didn't work. It didn't work because you get buy-in from the employee. They totally get what needs to be done, why it needs to be done. But then you don't get buy-in from the higher-ups. And then everyone's just like, well, you're not any good. No, no. If you would do what I say, it would work. But you won't do what I say, so I can't help you. Yeah, it's an interesting thing bridging that gap and helping people who do not have the hands-on day-to-day experience see what the realities are. Totally. I've spoken to consultants in larger companies and we've had this, this exact conversation. And I said, you know, my original goal when I started my company over 10 years ago was to start with small businesses, move up to bigger ones and then move corporate. And as I was doing it and I did start getting bigger businesses, I was like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't like these. 
I like little businesses. I like the agile. They can move quick. Um, I like, I like these guys. I need to be able to move the needle. And I've spoken to people who work for, for some of the largest names in consulting. And they've been frank with me, like, SD basically are deliverable to PowerPoint. Does it ever get used? Maybe. It doesn't really matter. Like, our job is to deliver a PowerPoint. And if they use it, great. If not, we don't care. Right. Like, yeah, that would make me sick to my stomach. No, because like, I you have, never, I couldn't do it. You have a drive to action, not just to being right. Yeah, like it's not any fun if I'm right if it doesn't work. Right. Like that's not helpful. Right. <laughs> like, right. And then, anyways, how do you even know if you can't if you can't prove it through action? Like people will say, Milton, because we we do. I would say majority marketing sell, um, but as a consultancy, we're not a marketing agency, which really is different. And they'll say, well, you know, can you guarantee? I can't guarantee. Right. But I also have right. an extremely good track record, so I can't yes. give you any guarantees. But I've I've never had something that didn't work if you stuck with it and did it properly. So it doesn't mean it Correct. works the first time or the initial thought works, because that's not how life and business work. But I can tell you that you can't fail. Right. That I can say. Yes, what you're talking about is making progress, even if it's incremental. It may not be perfect right out of the box, but if you stick with it and you adjust to what's happening, you get traction, you get results totally. in a way that... Um, to your point about the PowerPoint, or, you know, sometimes people buy research studies or big surveys and stuff, and then they oh put God, the binders on those. the shelf and nothing happens. Yeah, they're useless. They're so yeah. useless. Well, like we do market research with our clients, but it's, it's so agile. It's so functional. Like, we do it, we use it, we move on. <laughs> application is crucial. Yeah. Yeah, it's I such agree. a different world, the corporate world. Like I, I know it. I recognize it. I just, I, I got addicted to the world that I fell into. I just like it so much better. This is a wonderful thing when we find the work that truly suits us. I love your premise of do what you love, have time for your family, and make buckets of money. I think that's a wonderful credo. Doing <laughs> what, you, doing what you love, is not easy for everyone to find. Those of us who have found no. it are really, really lucky. Yeah. Yeah. I consider myself really blessed. Like I, I my clients, I'm not a morning person, right? Um, one of my clients says that he's a battery, right? He wakes up in the morning, fully charged about the day he completes, <laughs> you know, five o'clock yeah. meetings are like torture, right? He's like, he's done. Um, and I'm like, I'm a solar panel. I wake up kind of groggy and I just charge on my day and, you know, and the sun because it's LA, but I love what I do. It charges me up. It, yeah. it, it, it lights me up. It keeps me going. And I do, I do consider myself so, so super blessed. So at this point in your business, you know, you are, you're a veteran who understands things that most of the world can barely remember. <laughs> what are you currently dealing with? What are the current challenges that you're working on? Right now, one of the things that's very tough is um, my kind of consulting, which often does not have an immediate payoff. I mean, in, in the case of this emergency planning, it did. But very often my work does not show up on the bottom line in the short term. Sometimes you can't even find the results unless you know the history and the story and the people. So mm -hmm. I'm a very easy line to cut in somebody else's budget. And mm -hmm. 
the other thing that happens, and of course it happens, you know, I heard from one of my clients, this was a mid-level guy, uh, that there were furloughs and pay cuts happening in that company. And so right away I called the, I didn't call, I emailed the head of HR and I said, okay, I understand you're doing this. So I know I'm stopping now too. You don't have to, you know, have another hard interaction. I already know it's okay. Oh, wow. So that was so kind of you to do that for them. Um, yes. Also incredibly practical. I've been working with these people for years. I love them. Mm -hmm. They love me. Part of what I am showing them, this goes back to the leadership development stuff. That's leadership behavior. You don't wait for somebody to bring you bad news if you know you can act on it now. Um, I like that. I reduced their stress and challenge. Why? It's a terrible thing when you have to furlough people. It's a terrible thing when you have to cut people's pay. It's anguishing to someone who cares about yeah. their people. Why should they have to have another uncomfortable conversation when I already know right. the drill, you know? Um, so yeah. when there is a business downturn, that temporarily affects my business. Now, one of, the, one of the other things that is, you could say it's lucky or you could say it's the way I run my business. My clients all pay me. Sometimes I have to give them a payment plan. Sometimes I have to run after them a little bit. But um, after the first five or 10 years, I never had a problem with collections because I only work for people who behave well and actually care about me and vice versa, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. I know I'll get paid for the work I've already done. And I maintain the kind of relationships that when they have money again, they're going to have problems again because that's what it is to be alive and in business. And then they'll call mm -hmm. me again. All good. So okay. right now, the struggle is, okay, I don't have a lot of active client work right now. I have some. I'm grateful for that. Um, but where it's not active, I am now focusing more on the content development side of my business, which for me is my marketing. Uh, mm -hmm. So writing more for the high-profile publications where strangers will see me and potentially get in touch. Mm. Uh, and I am trying to uh, start work on a proposal for a book. I've never written a book. Cool. And now I think might be the right time to get started. I love that. I love so, that. Have you considered trying to go out with emergency planning for companies? Not that, you know, it's in some ways too late, but in other ways it's not, right? So for the companies for whom it's too late, they wouldn't want to hear it right now, I don't think, many of them. Um, right. And for the ones who already have it, they don't need it. So I don't know that there's a package in there exactly. And the other thing is just based on the nature right. of my business, I don't really have packages like that. It's an interesting idea. I'll think about it. But what I like is 
knowing what they need and being able to deliver it as they need it. As opposed to coming up with something that I think is valuable, emergency planning is certainly valuable, and then trying to convince people that they need it. Yeah. So I, I think there is, like I totally know what you're saying, I actually think there is definitely a market for emergency planning. Right? I bet you there People is. People who were caught unawares yes. don't want to be caught unawares again. Yes, and you're quite right. And in hindsight, there are things you can probably correct for them as well. That's like right. Through emergency planning, you'll recognize things that they can do currently that they hadn't thought through before. So if you did want to, I, I'm, I'm a marketer. It's just like. Right, I, it's I natural that, to right? you. So right, like, there you are. Yeah, I like I live and breathe opportunity. So I love this emergency planning concept. I, again, I do it planning in so many other ways, but I, I never, like you said, you know, we're we're optimistic. Never right. occurred to me these kinds right. of things. And I've just been dealing with it with my clients as it comes. You know, some of my clients who manufacture in the U.S. they got stuck because they're manufacturing. They're not. Um, I forgot what the language is. Ne- necessary, whatever it is. Essential. Um, and so. Yeah, they're not essential businesses. So getting them connections in China, I've got an amazing guy in Hong Kong, um, but no, because they've, they've reopened already over there, right? Yeah. They're, they're back in full force. So, you know, shifting them around, but it's not, it's not advanced plan, right? It's right. That's on right. seat plan, right? My client calls right. me and says like, I need to, I need to get my next batch of goods manufactured. All my factories are closed. I'm not going to, you know, be ready for my next like order shipments um, that are probably going to need to go through in a few months. And it's like, okay, fine, we're going to move to Hong Kong. But we could have thought about that before, and we went to right. three weeks. Right, right. You're, like, you are absolutely right. Me, that's right. That's right. So, so I think that's immensely valuable. And for anybody listening who wants an emergency plan, I think you should reach out to Liz. <laughs> <laughs> um, in, in fact, there. so I guess what I do, as opposed to coming up with packages, is I write about these things. Um, Several months ago. And then people just reach out to consult on it. Yeah, that makes sense. That kind of thing. Um, I had an article in Entrepreneur Magazine. I can't remember when. It was probably a year and a half ago, two years ago, based on an IT failure that I had and a challenging time that I went through and how I dealt with that and how people should think about it going forward. Um, So in the way that you see marketing opportunity for how to put things together going forward, mm-hmm. I look at the experiences I have had or my clients had, and I say, here's how not to have this next time. <laughs> you know, I we like all, that. Yeah, I hear that. You know, it's, it's the lessons learned um, yeah. and, and what to do better. That's awesome. That's really cool. So Liz, how can people reach you? How can they find you if they want to learn more, if they want an emergency plan? So, <laughs> I'll do it for you. Yeah. Um, my website is a great way to get to me. That's www.lizkislick.com. I assume you'll put it in show notes. I don't need to spell it now. Yeah. Yeah. It'll um, be in the show notes on episode 90. Did I say six? I think six. I think you said 96, yes. And uh, if they go to my website, by the way, there is a free ebook that may be useful to some of them, particularly uh, if they are working from home and stressed out. It's about how to deal with the interpersonal aspects of conflict in workplaces. But a lot of the same stuff will work wherever you are. 
So that's one place. And on my website, they can also find, I have all my blogs there and the articles that I've written for the various publications. Um, so they can find a lot of useful material. And also, of course, on LinkedIn. That's another easy place to find me. All right, cool. Well, guys, we'll put all of those in the show notes, sdran.com slash 96 or wherever you consume the podcast. Um, so, Liz, I like to surprise my guests at the end. Didn't warn you. And I like to ask for a quote because I love quotes. And I love, like, little pithy wisdoms that kind of just wrap things up. Um, doesn't have to be a favorite one of all time, but it can be, or just anything that's been on your mind. Um, but can you share a quote with us to send everyone on their way today? Yes, I'm going qu- <laughs> to... I'm going to quote something um, that Benjamin Zander does. He happens to be an orchestra conductor, but does a lot of work about human potential. And one of the things that he recommends is that you give yourself an A, as in um, that you did top quality work. Start out mm-hmm. by giving yourself an A and then figure out how you're going to earn that. Oh, I love it. Right? Start out. Oh, my gosh. That is so cool. Right? I knew I you would like that. I've heard that. that. Uh, fabulous oh, I'm writing book. that down right now. Yeah. Start I think that, out I think by give yourself an A. Giving yourself an A, then figure out how you're going to earn it. Yes. I think the book is called The Art of Possibility. And he also has a very wonderful TED Talk. Very cool. I love that. That is and great. This and that is so motivating. Inspiration. Yes. Yes. And reduce. Like I already won. Yes. And now what does it look like to get there? And, and I've gotten that wisdom in so many places also. It's like, you know, um, uh, you know, feel the wish fulfilled. And it's kind of that concept, but it's just much more practical. Yes. It's very focused, and it helps reduce some of the fear and hesitation we might otherwise have. I hear that. Because it's like, okay, I've got the A. What does my A look like, and what do I need to do to earn it? And I, I find that to be just a very practical, easily accessible way to understand some of the more like esoteric concepts and quantum mechanics and things like that. So this is so cool. Thank you. I love You're quotes. Welcome. Oh, I love quotes every time. I love quotes every time. Ah, this has been fun. I'm so excited that you joined me today. Good. So, guys, you can check out Liz at LizKisslick.com plus all the other links that she mentioned and her free ebook. We will put all of that at SDRand.com slash 96. And you know someone who could use an emergency plan. I know you do. You don't have to send them to Liz right now, but you can. Uh, you could just send them this show. Send them a link on Spotify or iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or my website, estoran.com slash 96, like wherever, you know, share the love, share the wealth, as I always tell you. And, you know, subscribe because that's fun. And we will catch you next week. Liz, thank you again. Glad to be with you, Esty. Thank you. You've been listening to the Business Breakthrough Podcast with Esty Rand. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your business, reach out at sdrand.com slash breakthrough to be a guest on the show. Everyone's got a business struggle. What's yours?